Well, now let's jump into God's word as we continue our series, Jesus is the story. Jesus is the story. I love that our kids are here with us today because uh, not only are kids super humble and very attentive, and maybe they're going to set an example for you today, adults, uh, but, but kids, they, they understand this idea that we see here in the text of assignments. Kids, do you ever receive assignments in your maybe schoolwork? Raise your hand, kids, if you received an assignment maybe this past week. Raise your hand super high. I can't see you. I need to see it super high, up high, way high. All right, I see some hands around the room. And yes, yeah, thank you, Queen. And, and what about, do you ever receive assignments, not just from your school and your schoolwork, but do you ever receive assignments in your home? Kids, do you receive some assignments? Hey, it's time to clean your room. You need to go brush your teeth before you get ready for it. These are all tiny assignments. And adults, you and I both know we have many, many assignments as well. Some are in-the-moment assignments that we can accomplish in a matter of seconds. Others are shorter-term assignments that maybe require a bit of effort over days or weeks. And then there are some assignments that God gives us that are more like roles or responsibilities where we continue to walk in this assignment as we move forward in life. God gives us many assignments. And, and some of the most important assignments, you could argue the, the, actually the most important assignments God gives us outside of knowing him and walking with him and living for him are the assignments he gives us in our relationships. So I want to show you a picture that might look a little bit familiar to you. Uh, this, is, this is my beautiful family. Um, as many of you know, I had the privilege of baptizing my two oldest daughters last Sunday uh, for our anniversary Sunday along with five others. That's right, we can shout and uh, get excited about all that God's doing, changing lives in our church. And uh, the grandparents got to come, and it was a great moment for a photo op, right? It's like every anniversary Sunday, we try to capture it. It was like, thank you, God. You were so faithful. You were doing such a great work in our family, in our church family. And I'm so thankful for this moment that we got to share with uh, my parents, Marcia's mom as well, and the kids. And, and, and this picture is full of assignments, you can use Pastor Tanner as an example here, okay? So, so uh, Jonathan and, and, and Micah and, and, and uh, Evan, and I want you guys to think about what are some of my relational assignments as a person in this picture? I am a father, right? I have the relational assignment of being a father to four amazing kids. And I have... An even more amazing assignment in that I am the husband of the Una Emterl, Marcia. That's what she shows up in my phone. My wife, the Una Emterl, and she's the one. She's the one. And, and Danny's already told me that's improper Spanish, but I told him I can't change it because it's been there for years. All right. So that's one of my assignments. I have the assignment of being. Oh wait, these are my parents. I have the assignment from God of being. A son, and for the past 17 years being a son-in-law. And, and there are others with assignments here. Children have the assignment to be children to parents. Also, um, we see grandparents. Who, who in the room here is a grandparent and rejoices in your, your calling, your assignment as a grandparent? What a joy. There are so many assignments we carry. 
in life. Of course, this was last Sunday, and I am Pastor Dad in the picture, and, and I love the calling, the assignment of serving God in ministry as one of the pastors of Redemption Hill Church. We all have relational assignments. We all have vocational design assignments, things that God has put before us that he's calling us to walk in and to give it all we've got. And so I want to take you to an assignment today. And this is an assignment that God gives a man named Joshua. Kids, can you say Joshua? Joshua. Good job, kids. All right. This is an assignment God gives to a man named Joshua. And what we're going to find is that God gives Joshua an assignment. It's a super important assignment after the death of a man named Moses. Moses was raised up by God, call, called to lead God's people out of slavery and oppression in Egypt through an exodus into the promised land. And as Pastor John shared a couple of weeks ago, Moses didn't get to finish the job of leading the people because of his disobedience and the lack of faith. And yet, God raises up his assistant, Joshua, to lead the people into the promised land. And this assignment was no small assignment. Not only were they moving into a new land, but they were moving what scholars sometimes estimate two to two and a half million people. Somebody say that's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. Thank you, Hampton. That's a lot of people. And so you can imagine, you can imagine, Joshua was a bit overwhelmed by this assignment. And so he goes to God, and God speaks to him and strengthens him as he commissions him in this new assignment. So let's read verses 1 through 9. You can follow along as I read them for us. This is what the word of God says. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous. For you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. 
This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened, and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Today, I want us to consider the also in your assignment. The also in your assignment. I want you to consider the assignments. You were probably already thinking about the assignments that you have in your life as I was describing different assignments that we have and relational assignments and vocational assignments and work and wherever. God has given us so many assignments. For Joshua, it was a leadership assignment and it was a great assignment. But what is this also in your assignment? Here it is. When God gives you an assignment. He also gives you himself. Kids are probably writing this down already. Great job, kids. I want the adults to not miss it either, all right? Listen, when God gives you an assignment, he also gives you himself. I I hope you understand that God has some great assignments for us. They are important. They are exciting. Usually, they're somewhat challenging because guess what? God is in the business of giving us tasks that require faith for us to depend on him and to look to him all throughout the assignments he gives us. Which, by the way, listen, when God gives you an assignment, you can expect, I'm getting a little excited already this morning here, that he wants to change you even as he does his work through you in the assignment. So these assignments, listen, God, I, I prophesy, God will never give you an assignment that he is not interested in, not only showing up and giving you himself, but changing you in the process. And oh, by the way, listen, this is not just hyperbolic speech, right? God wants to change history through his people. Amen? Amen. And so how do we see God not only giving Joshua an assignment, but how do we see that when God gives us an assignment, he gives us himself. We see this in three ways, all right? Three words that you need to capture this morning, kids and adults, all right? Number one, when God gives you an assignment, God gives you his promises. God gives us his promises. We see some very clear and amazing promises to Joshua here in this chapter. He says that just as I promised this land to your father, speaking of Abraham, as we started this series, Jacob, our church planning resident, and then looked at Moses and and moving on through the promised land, to, to the promised land that God gives the promise of land to his people. Look at what it says in verse two. I am giving the land to them the people of Israel. Verse three says that every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you. It's past tense. It hasn't happened yet. And yet God says, it's as good as done. It's a promise. And then verse four describes the the layout of this land that God has promised. 
And then he also promises to Joshua as he's moving forward in the calling and the assignment that, that God has given, that God is going to give him victory. He's going to give his people victory. He says that no person, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. And then we see another promise in verses 7 and 8. It's repeated. It says that as you stay close to me and as you fulfill my word, you will have good success whatever you do, wherever you go. And this doesn't mean that Joshua didn't have challenges and problems. And when we see this promise in the scripture, it doesn't mean that our life is going to be perfect. But it means that we are going to consistently experience God's blessing. The, the life that he intends for us. Not just physically, but especially spiritually as we walk in relationship with him. And even, listen, even in these early verses, which by the way, if you want to study the book of Joshua this week, the the, the first five verses provide an outline for the book, that we see God's people moving into God's land, experiencing God's blessing. And oh, by the way, this isn't a way to understand the entire Bible. If you go back to the Garden of Eden, what do we have? We have God's people in God's place, living under God's rule and experiencing God's blessing. And the entire Bible is, is an unfolding of this story that ultimately now in Christ, we are God's people and we are God's place dwelling as his people moving ultimately to a promised land that he's giving us as we live under his rule and experience his blessing. And, and this framework is captured in this book that we have on our resource table, God's Big Picture. I would encourage you, if you want to Oh, a sweeping overview of the Bible to really understand the storyline. Pick it up and check it out. But even as we think about these early verses, and we think about the, the land, the land that Israel was going to cross the Jordan and to, to take as their possession, we can't help but think about what is happening in the Middle East. The war between Israel and Hamas. And that is the war, by the way. The war is between Israel and Hamas. I know the, the people of Israel and the people of Palestine are certainly affected. And that's why as we think about what's happening there, we want to we respond. Like in everything, we want to respond as Christians. Think Christianly about these things. And so while we absolutely grieve the injustice, the heinous atrocities that were committed by the terrorists of Hamas to come into Israel and do the despicable things that they did, killing a thousand people. We also grieve that innocent civilians are being lost on both sides, both Israel and Palestine. I mean, even one of our own staff team members has a family member who is in Gaza right now. She's one of 600 American citizens who are serving there. In fact, last night, Monica just told me this morning, uh, on CNN, they did a story and, and someone was reflecting on her Aunt Suhala's life, saying she is the modern-day Mother Teresa of Gaza. She's run a hospital there, directed this hospital, a Christian hospital, the only Christian hospital in Gaza to care for people, and she is showing up day after day after day, embodying what we see here as an assignment that requires strength and courage to put others before herself day after day. And so as we think about these atrocities, as we think about, listen, we, we probably all need to be reminded of this, myself included. 
War is not a new story. War is not entertainment. God forgive us if we just watch the news to find out what's going on and it doesn't affect our heart to where we pray. We grieve over injustice, but we can't just sit there. We need to turn our grief to God and say, God, would you help these people? God, would you spare lives? God, would you bring a quick conclusion to this conflict and war? And God, would you bring your peace? Because we know that in the beginning, it wasn't part of your original design to see war happen in conflict. There was only peace and harmony between you and people and, and, and people and, 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 and other people. And so we pray, God, would you, would you bring your peace and would, would you send your son back? Because we long for heaven. We long to be with you. And this is why we share the good news of Jesus. Listen, one day all of God's people will be with him in his place, living under his rule and his blessing. This is the promise of God and his word. And so as we see these promises to Joshua, it's a great opportunity for us to pause and to consider, listen, the many, 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 many hundreds and thousands of promises that are in the Bible for us as followers of Jesus. And I don't have time to give you hundreds or thousands, but I have several I want to give you. So just let these words fall on your heart because I believe promises keep us going. Promises fill us with hope. Promises light our path. Promises breathe life into our souls. And so I hope as I read these promises for us that you'll feel just a little bit stronger. Your faith will be stirred up just a little bit more because of who our God is and what he has said to us. God promises to guide us. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will, he will make straight your paths. It's a promise. Matthew 6, 33, God promises to provide. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you as well. When we are afraid, kids, do you ever get afraid? Do you ever get afraid sometimes? You raise your hand, yeah, me. I get afraid too. And, and listen, when we're afraid, Isaiah 41 verse 10 says this, do not fear for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. These are precious promises from God's mouth to our ears and hearts. If you come to Jesus weary, and anyone just get a little weary, the, the fast-paced lives that we live in Boston and we have some burdens on our back that we feel like we can't shake and we're just so, so tired. Jesus says in Matthew eleven twenty-eight, if you're weary and heavy burden, come to me. Come to me. Come to me. I will give you rest. When our hearts are riddled with anxiety, God says pray and his peace will guard your hearts and minds. Philippians chapter 4 verses 6 and 7. When you sin against God 
and we are professional sinners, people, right? Like, you sin this week, and you're going to sin next week. But when we sin, if we confess our sin to God, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, and he will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Isaiah 54, verse 10, I love this. Though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed. And this sounds like a promise that you may be a little more familiar with in Romans chapter 8, verses 38 and 39, where, where God says through the apostle Paul, neither, neither height nor depth nor angels nor demons nor the present nor future nor principalities, nothing angels, nothing can separate you from my love. These are promises. These are promises that we hold on to. Jesus said, whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And God says, perhaps in the most famous verse in the Bible, John 3, 16, whoever believes in Jesus will not perish, but will have eternal life. These are God's promises. And if, and if listen, if, if, that doesn't, if that doesn't breathe a little life into your soul, if that doesn't put a little wind at your back, you need to pause and pray and say, God, help this register in my mind and heart because these things are true. And these things are for us. And we know that later in the book of Joshua, you might want to write this down in chapter 21, verse 45, it says, not one word... Listen, not one word of all the good promises that the Lord has made to the house of Israel has failed. Every single one has come to pass. God gives us his promises. But there is one more promise here in chapter 1 that I intentionally skipped over. Because the greatest promise of all, the promise that makes the other promises what they are, is that God promises the gift of himself. God promises us. He gives us his presence. God gives us his presence. Verse 5, he says, just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. In verse 9, he says to Joshua, be strong and courageous. Don't be frightened. Don't be dismayed. Why? For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I hope when you read the Bible, you don't just read it as an ancient text, but you read it as a living word. Because listen, if you are not, if you're not hearing this morning, faith, I will be with you. Joe, I will be with you. Patrick, I will be with you. Mary, Kate, I will be with you. You're missing. You're missing what God wants us to hear today as his people. See, God wants nothing more from us than to have a relationship with him. And as we look at the, the Bible and we learn more about the character of Joshua, Joshua was someone that loved his relationship with God. There was nothing more important to Joshua than his love for God, not his leadership position, not being Moses' assistant, not being the new, you know, person who's going to lead them into the promised land. No. 
All of that was a result of his love relationship, his intimate relationship with God. You say, Pastor Tanner, prove it. You're just making stuff up so that you can make your point. Exodus 33. Verse 7 says this, now Moses used to take the tent and pitch it outside the camp. And he called it the tent of meeting. And everyone who sought the Lord, don't miss this, everyone who sought the Lord, I hope you're seeking God day by day in, your, in the privacy of your own life and in your own home that you're seeking God. Everyone who sought the Lord would go out to the tent of meeting, which was outside the camp. Then the Lord used to speak to Moses, look at this, face to face. As a man speaks to his friend. This is the kind of intimacy God wants with us. This is the the kind of love relationship that God has planned for you with him today. And then look at what it goes on to say. When Moses turned again into the camp, His assistant, Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, would not depart from the tent. He wouldn't leave. God, there is nothing more precious to me than you. There is no one on this earth not my best friend, not my my closest family. God, there's no one I would rather be with than you. And so I'm going to prioritize the place of your presence. And when everyone else is doing other things in the camp, God, I am staying right here for as long as I can. God loves, God loves to not only give us his promises, But he loves to give us his presence. So I hope that you will take that. And I hope that you will, in your assignment, in all of your assignments, you will operate out of that place of of intimacy and unity with the God who loves you who wants to walk with you every day in all of the assignments that he gives. We not only see that God gives promises and he gives us his presence, but then number three, look, God gives us his words. God gives us his words. We begin to see this more and more as we, it's implied, by the way, all throughout the conversation, God is showing up and speaking to Joshua, but we see it specifically and explicitly in verses seven and eight. Look at verse seven. Only be strong, Joshua. Only be very courageous, Joshua, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left. And then he says in verse 8, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. I want to I pause here, and I need some help from some of our redemption kids, all right, just for a couple moments. Kids, if you know how to play Simon Says, and if you know how to play Follow the Leader, I need you to raise your hand really high, all right? Jonathan, come on up. Joseph, come on up. And Queen Diamond, come on up. Three's good. Three's good, all right? Come on up. Come on up this way right here on the stage, right there on those steps. Be careful on the steps. 
All right, we're going, to play, we're going to play a couple games. Did anyone play? Raise your hand if you've ever played Simon Says. Come on, raise it up real high. All right, come on out here, Joseph. Come on out here, Jonathan. Come on out here. Okay, all right. So we are going to play a quick game of Simon Says. All right, who wants to be Simon? Who wants to be Simon? Joseph, I saw your hand first. All right, Joseph, you stand right here. All right, and, and Jonathan, how about you right here? All right, and, and, and QD right here. Oh, beautiful. All right. So, Simon, what you got? Simon says clap five times. Simon says walk backwards twice. We're rolling. Simon says... Touch your toes. Simon didn't say. Oh, he put the paws on it. That's a little tricky. We might have to get the judge out for that. But <laughs> that, was, that was fun, all right? We, we don't have all day to play. Otherwise, I would love to keep this going. All right, so, so Joseph, high five on the Simon Says and the, and the mega pause. I think that was a trick I didn't learn as a kid. All right, all right. Now, um, now, now let's play follow the leader. Who wants to be the leader? All right. QD, you are the leader. Okay, so follow the leader. She's the leader. Let's, let's play a little follow leader. Oh, oh, ooh, ooh, whoa, hey, oh, whoa, 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 oh, let's go. Let's give it off for our kids. <laughs> All right, good job, guys. Thank you so much. All right, you had to see that. And they had to have a great time up here helping Pastor Tanner out today. Let's, let's give it up one more time for our kids. When God calls his people to follow him, when God gives us a leadership assignment, no matter if it's in ministry, if it's in the workplace, if it's in our home, if it's in our friendships, whatever the assignment, listen, he calls us to not be the kind of leader that is leading people like Simon says. Simon says, do this, you do it. Simon just barks out commands and you got to follow the commands. God is looking for people that will say, follow the leader. Whatever I expect you to do, I am going to do it first. Because I am following the ultimate leader, God Almighty. I'm following the ultimate leader, Jesus Christ. This is what verses 7 and 8 are about. He's saying, look, God has given us some very clear instructions. We, when we hear book of the law, we think law enforcement. We think government laws. Okay, when you see the word law in the Old Testament, it is the Hebrew word Torah, which means instruction. So these are God's instructions for us. They are, they are the, what... He's, he's saying, this is the path of life. This is the way that you need to walk. Don't turn one inch to the right or to the left, Joshua. Keep my instructions. And, and, and to do so, you need to meditate on the book of the law day and night. To, to, to say to meditate means to rehearse, to repeat over and over and over again. Biblical meditation is the opposite of worry. 
When, when we're worried about something, what are we? We are thinking about, anyone worried about something these days, huh? Yeah, I know you are. And we just, we just think, we fill our mind with the uncertainties of life. But when we meditate, we fill our minds with the certainties of God's truth. Not the uncertainties of life, but the certainties of God's truth. And as we hide God's word in our hearts, he leads us forward and he continues to guide us home. Parents, I want to encourage you. Our Redemption Kids ministry, Meg, our team, listen, they do a phenomenal job week after week teaching our children, mine included, teaching them the Bible. And often there are memory verses, and we love to to help kids hide God's word in their minds and in their hearts. But listen, Redemption Hill Church and Redemption Kids specifically, we exist to come alongside parents and families and guardians, not to replace the discipleship and the instruction that should be happening in the home every single day as parents and families and guardians of these precious kids. Amen? Amen. Can I get an amen? Are you just so convicted? You're just like, God help me because I left the church and the school and everybody else parent for me. It's convicting. It's conv- I'm convicted. I'm convicted. Though we say what? Amen. Amen, Amen. God help us. I want to I speak a word here. Listen, there is more in you than you think there is. And there is certainly more in these children than you, than you would assume or imagine. I get to lead chapel at, a, at my kids' elementary school each week. And, and every two weeks we're teaching the kids Bible verses. Memory verses. For the, they can tell you 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is inspired by God. They can tell you Genesis 1.1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. They can uh, tell you Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. They can even tell you Genesis 12.2, God's promise to Abraham, I will bless you and make you into a great nation. These kids know them and they learn them super fast, even quicker than we do as adults most of the time. And God says, like, walk together. Hide my word in your heart. And then finally, listen, in all of this, in every assignment, God is saying, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. We see this three different times. In verse 6, be strong and courageous. Verse 7, only be strong and very courageous. In verse 9, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is the presence of God in our present fear. This is what, why, would, why would God tell Joshua three times, be strong, be courageous? Because our guy Joshua had some fear going on in his heart. He was a human being. To lead two million people, we're all afraid. To lead two million people across into a new land, we're all feeling just a little bit weak. 
And so God says to Joshua three times, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous, be strong and very courageous, Joshua. Why? For I am with you. And this teaches us the lesson that we need to always remember, listen, our strength ultimately comes from God and walking with him. Ephesians 6.10 says what? Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. This is the only way that we're strong. This is the only way that we're going to, to be able to continue forward in the assignments that God gives us. So listen, I don't know what the assignment that's on your mind and on your heart this morning, but, but maybe it's something at work. Maybe it's an assignment that God has called you to in ministry. Maybe it's a role that you have within Redemption Hill Church or a role that God is calling you to step into. Maybe it's a relationship that, that needs some work. Maybe there's a friend that you need to forgive. I can't help but wonder if there's a marriage in the room where a spouse is maybe just ready to throw in the towel and give up. And God is saying, be strong and courageous. Don't give up. Don't quit. I, I have something better in store if you would just keep moving forward. Because listen, as we, as we hear these words, God's saying, I will be with you. I will be with you. I will be with you. We begin to hear that voice of the God man from Nazareth who showed up and his first words were to the world were what? Follow me. Follow me. Follow me. You see, Jesus is the true and creator Joshua, whose power strengthens us for every assignment and ultimately will bring us into our eternal promised land. Jesus is still saying, follow me. Follow me into your workplace. Follow me into your relationships. Follow me into the mission and vision and ministry assignments that I am giving to you day by day by day. God has good plans for us. And yes, he's going to listen. He's going to ask you to do some hard things. He's going to ask you to take on some challenges that you don't feel like you measure up to. And friends, let me tell you, this is the perfect place to be. It's the perfect place to be. Because he wants to meet us with his strength every step of the way. There was a pastor in Boston at the famous Trinity Church back when it preached the gospel by the name of Phillips Brooks. If you've ever walked by Trinity Church in Copley Square, you'll see a, a, a statue of a man and Jesus is behind him holding him up. His name is Phillips Brooks. And Phillips Brooks has one of the most amazing statements when it comes to all of this that I've ever heard in my life. He says this, I hope you'll receive it today. 
do not pray for tasks equal to your powers. Pray for powers equal to your tasks. Don't pray for tasks equal to your limited powers. But pray for my unlimited powers that will help you in every single one of your tasks. And so I want you to bow your head. And just for a moment, whatever the assignment is, just say, God, I need your power. God, there are some things in front of me that I know I am not equal to. And by the way, if that is not true for you, you are living too small. You are not catching a vision of all that God has for you. And so maybe the prayer is, God, help me see what you have for me. And then give me the power. Give me the grace to live out the calling that you have given me, the assignments that you have given me all the days of my life. Father, we thank you for the people known as Redemption Ho Church. We thank you, God, that you have not just sent us out with assignments, but you give us your strength and your power to do everything that you've called us to do. So God, help us, help us, help us, Lord, to look to you, to keep coming to you again and again, to walk and move and live in the power that you desire to give us. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Listen, this is what's going to happen. Our prayer team is here. And, and I hope that God has put an assignment on your heart that you would say, I want, in fact, I need someone to pray God's power over me and into me. God works through prayer. And so if there's an assignment, maybe it's a relationship, maybe it's your job, maybe it's whatever, come down and receive prayer today that God would strengthen you as you move out. And listen, if you are new to the story of Jesus and you've never heard his invitation, follow me. And there's a tug at your heart saying, I want to learn more. In fact, I'm, I'm ready to go all in with Jesus that I recognize that God loves me and he wants this relationship that Pastor Tanner described here today, but my sin separates me from him. And Jesus died that I might have life, that I might live for him and with him forever. Listen, if you need to take that all in step today, come forward and let our prayer team know that so they can encourage you, so that they can help you take your next steps as we all follow Jesus together here at our church, right? So let's stand, let's sing, let's move as God moves here today.